you so much for coming down to enjoy a, a cup of coffee with us and to hear about um, what these two have to say. Um, so if you don't know what the Eden Gathering is, it's basically well, this is it. You're in it. Um, and essentially, um, we just meet every month, first Thursday of every month, um, or not every first Thursday, most of the time, every <laughs> first Thursday of the month. Uh, but in any case, uh, yes, um, we meet here and we just get together and have a coffee and talk about um, what's going on with ourselves. And also, uh, we just talk about a theme and we get some um, spiritual and also some sort of practical advice that we can actually use. Um, and so today, we're going to get into uh, the lies of adulthood um, with Josh and Sophie. So can we have a round of applause for them, please? So the Eden Gathering uh, has actually different parts to it as well. And one of those parts is um, social action. So I'm just going to hand over to Josh, um, who's um, heading social action up, and he's going to talk to you a little bit about social action. Yeah, thank you. So uh, yeah, I run social action for Eden. Um, so obviously start of a new year, this month we're not going to do like a specific social action event where we're going out into the community, but we're just going to gather as anyone who might want to be involved in the future, um, just gather and have some food and have a chat about your ideas um, and potential kind of social actions for the future. It's not a commitment, so if you come, I'm not going to hold you to actually come into the events. If you just want to come for food, that's fine as well. Um, and then as of February, we'll start with our actual social, social action events for this month. Um, so that'll be the last, it's the last Saturday of every month. Um, timing's changed, but keep up to date with the Instagram um, and you'll get all the details on there. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I think social action is something that we're really passionate about and we've had some really great events that we've done together. I think it's just really important as a community that we um, not only uh, get together and meet, but also do something as well together as a, as a group. And that brings me to my next point. Another thing that we do um, as a gathering is uh, Eden Socials as well. Um, and uh, we really love doing our Eden Socials. And uh, the Eden Social um, sort of started a couple of months ago um, and we had a really fun time doing some bowling together and we went for a meal afterwards. And um, the timings vary from month to month, but essentially just stay up to date with the Instagram and Facebook and there'll be an event um, that we're going to organise soon. Uh, perhaps, actually, um, it will involve your participation in voting as well for which one you would like to do. Um, so yes, please do stay tuned to that. And of course, stay tuned to our Eden Gathering podcast as well that you can find on Spotify and iTunes and all that um, because that's really uh, a cool place to kind of listen to weekly uh, pods about, uh, yeah, just um, basically Christianity and, and sort of everyday stuff as well. So in any case, um, we're going to talk about lies of adulthood. So um, I've already spoken to these two a little bit, so I know what some of the lies are that they were told. Um, but I'm interested to know, uh, nonetheless, um, Sophie, what are some of the lies of adulthood that you were told? And uh, I know you've got quite a few, and I'd love to hear the, the biggest lie, the biggest lie that you've been told. Let's dismantle oh, that one. one. I'm not sure I can put... I'm not sure I can pick the biggest one out of my list. But one of the lies that I would say that I found out... Well, first of all, everyone told you that food shopping is fun. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, everyone tells you or gives you the impression that your fridge will be full and that you're going to have a balanced diet. <laughs> all lies. Um, so food shopping is boring. It's costly. It's dangerous when you go in and just walk up and down all the aisles and pick about seven things that you don't actually need. Um, and 
I don't eat well. I really don't. I'm luckiest there's veg on my plate, to be honest. Um, it really depends on what's in the fridge, what I can be bothered to do and how my day's been. So I will feed you if you come round, but don't expect it to be like always the best thing. Um, do you want me to keep going or are we like Josh, sharing? Do you want to do you want to give us one of your lies of adulthood? Yeah, I mean, one of mine was actually quite similar. Was that you kind of when you're, I guess, young, you're sort of looking at getting a job. You kind of have this idea that you'll get a job. And then you'll be able to buy all of the fun things that, like, your parents never bought you. Or, like, you always ask for, and it's like, no, you can't have that, it's too expensive. And you're like, oh, as soon as I get a job, I'm yeah. buying these things. And then you, you get a job, and you suddenly realise how expensive everything is. Yeah. Um, and the example I've used for many people in the room already is cheese. So, like, as a kid, cheese is always in the fridge. Yeah. You want a sandwich, cheese is there. You want yeah. a snack, slice of cheese. When I got to uni, I was like, well, I'll go and get some cheese for the fridge. It's like £4.50 for a lump of cheese. <laughs> It's so expensive. I think that for me was the, the biggest like scare of being an adult was not being able to afford cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, it's just, I think the diet thing is really important because when you're a kid, you just eat whatever you want and you're just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I'll just eat whatever I want, whatever I like eating. And then suddenly you're and starting magic. to look at... like the fridge is always full. Exactly, yeah. It exactly. just appears. Yeah. So I just went back home recently for Christmas and I just ate myself silly because there was constantly food in the fridge. And you get sent home with stuff as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I had a suitcase that was way <laughs> over the limit and somehow they managed to let me on. I think it was because I was the last person on. They were just like, just, just get through, come on. But in any case, um, yeah, I, I think like... Uh, one thing I find absolutely daunting, which is a really weird thing, is I walk down an aisle when I'm doing my shopping and I'm looking at all the cereals and I'm thinking, I really like that one, but that one's got a huge amount of sugar in it and that one's got loads of fat in it and that one isn't very healthy and that one's not on offer. And it, can I have that one? Because it looks like it's designed for women, but I kind of like the taste of it. And then I just think, I don't know what to do with my life anymore. It's just an existential crisis and somehow I can't figure it out. And it's so easy when you just had cocoa pops but now you have oh i'd like the the white cocoa pops because that looks healthy it's got 20 percent less sugar i feel like we've touched a nerve yeah i think we have sorry i'm gonna pass <laughs> back to you now so what's that another meant to shut you up. what's another oh. lie of adulthood besides cereal choose um, uh, choice being easy that everything will be really fun that um you'll get your own space or have your own space or you know be at uni in your own space and everything will be really fun and clean and tidy and lovely and yeah obviously people are welcome family friends whatever but please take your shoes off and don't ruin my new carpet because it makes it gives me like slight heart palpitations i got a mattress delivered okay that's something else but i'll come on to that later um and the delivery people left like muddy shoe marks down the hall and they left and my neighbor went did you see what they just did on your carpet and i'm just like yes but i I've got to lower that expectation because I want I want to be a welcoming person and I want my house to be a welcoming place. Um, and so I have to lower the expectation that people are not going to have clean shoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just that everything will be really fun. Um, and it is, in a way, it's very fun, but it also comes with the responsibility side. I feel like I've lowered the tone and it's gone really serious. No, but, I, um, I was just about to say, your shoes are remarkably clean. Thank you. They this are the whitest... Two shoes i have seen today and they're sparkly on the back as well yeah this is day two and i haven't really seen many young people today so they haven't trodden on my feet okay um yeah and just that you you're gonna have to keep a lot of plates spinning and i think a lot of people seem to have it all together but 
I wrote out that you're going to have to pay the bills, keep the house tidy, make sure you have clean clothes, mm. that you've slept, that you've been sociable, and you've been to work all week. And sometimes that's just not possible. Okay, you sort of have to go to work, but you might not have kept things clean and it might not be as sparkly as everyone thinks it is, but that's all right. Yeah. That's okay because it's lived in. Yeah. It's not a show home. No, you don't live a show life. Yeah. Um, it's and not Instagramable all the time. No, yeah. I'd like it to be. Yeah. I think my Instagram might pretend it is, but yeah. it's not. No. Yeah. Very much so. So, Josh, have you got an Instagramable house? Have you got a clean, tidy house? No. Are you allowed to walk on the carpet in muddy shoes? Well, I'm not allowed to, but um, I was just like, I'm like the opposite of that. Like, okay. I have guests around and I'm just like, just shove all of that into the corner yeah. and like cover it with a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> they can't see it. It's not there. I love nice it. and easy. Um, yeah, I mean, some more of mine I've got. I, I got a bit carried away with cheese when I was given this topic. So a lot yeah. of mine were cheese related. So right, I'm going to okay. try and not talk about cheese too much. So is, um, this, a, is this another cheese related one? That's no, it's come, not. I'm okay, avoiding the cheese related right, okay. ones now. Um, so I think, again, another thing that you think about adulthood is like when you're an adult and, and you get like your car and you have freedom, you're going to go around and see people all the time. You'll be really sociable, see loads of people, have loads of friends. And actually, when you, I think, become an adult, you realise that most social events are boring yeah. and, and you're just sat there waiting to go home and you're like, I'm just going to say hello to like the, the allotted amount of people that I need to say hello to um, and then go home. Yeah. And then again, on the flip side of that with like talking about cars, like you think you turn 17, you pass your test, you get a car, that's it, you're done, you're free. Um, you'll go to all the places you ever wanted to explore. And then once again, you get caught and you realise how expensive petrol is. Yeah. Uh, you realise that you have time commitments elsewhere and you can't actually, and then you have that sudden realisation of like, oh, my parents were right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of what adulthood is, is, oh, actually, yeah, my parents were right. I think one of mine is that like you kind of, maybe it's a generational thing, but we get used to being told like, oh yeah, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. The world's your oyster and everything. And I, so when I was like 17 or 18, I was like, yeah, mum, I think I'm just going to build a shed in the back garden and I'm going to soundproof it and just put a drum kit in there and just play drums and tour in my band. And then she was like, yeah, about that. We need to have a talk. And uh, basically we had a long argument and I ended up crying. And, uh, <laughs> and I eventually went to university, which actually happened to be the best decision of my life. So it worked out nicely. But, and I do love my mum, by the way, it's fine. And we don't, we're, we're, we're on friendly terms, it's fine. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things as well. You kind of get told that you can do anything you want, wherever you want. And that, yeah, you can have basically zero limits and, you know, next day delivery of whatever you want. You just, I mean, unless you've got an Amazon Prime account, which in case, great. But if you don't, or even sometimes if you do, sometimes it doesn't actually arrive so it's false advertising but um in any case uh well I can, come on i just have somebody apparently ordered something during christmas season and granted it was the christmas season but it didn't arrive <laughs> until a week later so that's not what i call next day delivery so amazon so, prime is a, a lie of adulthood yeah exactly yeah. a lie of adulthood yeah exactly um but yeah that's one of those i think it's sometimes you just got to you got to accept there are kind of limitations on your life a little bit. And sometimes that's a good thing because you then start to kind of realize that within that space, you, you start being more grateful for what you do have rather than kind of living this fancy world of like, I can have everything I want and I should have everything I want without limitation, without any kind of, you know, sort of curbing or any sort of limitation. I just think, yeah, that's one of the things I've sort of learned and start and continue to learn, I think, and myself. I think on that kind of topic as well, like you do get told as a kid like you know work hard you can be whatever you want to yeah. be when like yeah to a degree that's true you, you have to work hard and you can achieve a lot but there's certain things that I can't do yeah. like I will never be a singer 
Yeah. Because I can't sing. There's no point telling myself that if I work hard enough, I can be a singer. Well, um, it's not true. Like you end up getting these people yeah. who go on X Factor because they they've been told they can do whatever they want. Yeah, and, and it might take you a lot longer to to be a singer than maybe some. Yeah, but. enough auto tune. Yeah, enough auto tune. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but yeah, as well. Like like you know, like with football, I know that now I could not be a professional footballer. Okay. And it's that like there's and it's not like a, a sad thing. It's just you know you have to recognise that there are things that actually yeah. there's no point having that dream yeah because you can't achieve it. Or there are perhaps things that you you know you're kind of um, you know you're I suppose that you you have yet to discover yet which are going to be perfect for you and so yeah, sometimes definitely. it's like closing off definitely. one dream to actually follow another that you haven't had yeah. yet and I think that's definitely. obviously something that is probably I think good as well. So Sophie, what's your third live adulthood then? Um, my third one is that you're going to get excited about cleaning products. That's a thing. That's not a lie. That's actually true. People, like, the lie is that you're going to be excited about fun things like going out and new clothes. Well, <laughs> you bought cleaning products. You'll not buy new clothes this month. Um, yeah, so I bought a new mattress and it's not the best thing I've done. Bonnie bed, best thing ever. I'm so boring. I'm texting. I am texting people. And, like, my mum being like, oh, how is it? She's like, what's it like? I'm like, mum, it's the best bed that I've ever bought or it hasn't broken yet or the mattress is insane. I'm saying this aloud and I'm mortified yeah. right we had a text to our little work group chat and um, asking about hoovers so i sent my message privately i then got outed on the group chat about how i was like this vacuum cleaner enthusiast no i just have a good hoover and i wanted to share it with you without getting my name in front of everyone so yeah it was the shark one yeah yeah um <laughs> see people know like people get it it's, there's a like this whole thing on instagram like mrs hinch like everyone in the room is going, yeah, yeah. Like Mrs. Hinch is a thing. She's got famous because she cleans her house. How amazing is that? So is this an Instagram star or something? Or yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And like she has just all these little hacks and tricks and she's just a normal person. Mm. Um, and yeah, she, she's inspired millions to clean. Um, it's really weird, actually, when you think about it, that someone's become famous because they clean. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to get out of cleaning and doing chores and anything and try and get my other siblings to do it but now i love it yeah i love i love a clean and that's clean. that's okay yeah that like, is okay i'm realizing as i'm talking that i sound like the biggest loser ever <laughs> but do you know what it's fine because well i'm, I'm right there with you I, I love i love opening up a, a fresh bottle of bleach yeah. and just you know getting to work yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eliza will second this, that I love bleach because she's witnessed me get really excited about buying bleach and like opening a new pack of cloths and stuff like that. Yeah. You will find that you're saying stuff that as a, a kid or a teenager would have like completely horrified you. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the Hoover thing, I've got, I've got like a hospital, like a, spe- like a, ho- um, a Hoover that I bought secondhand from a car boot for 30 pounds. Okay. But it's a special one that they use in hospitals, so it's a super powerful one. And it like when it cleans the carpet, are you talking it about almost... the ones that you like ride around on? Like you well, one of those. you could probably ride around <laughs> it if you give it a go. But actually, heavy duty. I mean, it's like heavy duty, and also you can put these little air fresheners inside the bag, the vacuum bag, so that it actually air freshens the whole place whilst you Don't vacuum. Don't tempt me. It is. It's just brilliant. It's <laughs> it the most happen. satisfying feeling when you feel like you vacuumed a carpet really well, and you're just well, like, this explains yes. it, right? We're, me- right, we're meant to be adults. I've got a Spice Girls t-shirt on. But <laughs> we're talking about hoovers. Yeah. When did that happen? When did that happen? When like, did that become a thing? The, the, <laughs> this is another one I'm just sneaking in. But 
when just how you dress and things like that I, I I realized I became an adult when I started to question what my sister was wearing <laughs> like okay. are you you're wearing that yeah you're wearing that little oh gosh yeah you're going out in that mm. we went to a wedding last Saturday and she wore an outfit which looked lovely on her but I was like sweetheart we're in a church you gotta put more clothes on <laughs> I, I sounded so old and she just looked at me like I was ancient so it happened so Josh what about your third lie? What's is it Hoover, uh, Hoover related it's, or it's definitely not Hoover related? Okay, no. right. Um, okay. Just gonna, I've I've never got excited about Hoover. <laughs> get that out there now. I've okay. never got excited about Hoover. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, my, my third one is is a little bit more of a serious one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially in Christian circles, there's this expectations that as a young Christian, that very early on you will find that perfect person for you. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think I, it's not. I don't want to talk about like relationships or anything like that. That's a, a whole other topic for another day. But actually this idea that there's a perfect person out there for you. Mm. And I think often we, we talk as Christians like, oh, I need to be ready for this perfect person because I'm not perfect. So I need to make sure I'm ready. Mm. When actually like the person that's out there for you, like I believe there's a person out there for everyone. Um, but the person that's out there for you isn't perfect either. Mm. And I think that's an expectation that often we have about this person that we're looking for a perfect person. Mm. When actually we live in a, in a broken world and quite likely, you know, the person that's there for you is a broken person. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, they could be, um, they could be an alcoholic. They could be, have severe mental health issues. They, you know, they could have all sorts of things that they're working through. Mm. And if we're writing people off for being imperfect, then we're potentially missing out. If you see what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's just like a change of mindset, yeah. I think, of what, you know. Well, I think, and, that, and I think that's, that's part of, I think, sadly, what's, what's happening at the moment is that everything <coughs> is airbrushed within an inch of its life to the point that everybody is kind of essentially living out a kind of false reality. And, um, and I think, yeah, um, it's probably obvious, but I think social media does have a lot to do with that. But I think... Um, it's also what we tell ourselves, isn't it? And it's it's also the kind of interior like dialogue that we have with ourselves about actually, you know, uh, why am I still single? Why have I not found somebody that I would really like to meet with and so on? And, you know, and then you start kind of finding, I think, false arguments sometimes for your current situation. I think that's largely affected by what is influencing you. And, and, mm. uh, and yeah, so I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I would just echo that really because yeah. I just think that's, that's um, a really... A really great and poignant lie of adulthood that needs dismantling. Actually, yeah, that, that no, you're not going to find a perfect person because nobody's perfect, and, mm. and that's it. You know, and it can cause a lot of issues with like I hear a lot of people saying like you know, oh, why am I waiting? You know, I'm, I if they feel like they're they're kind of ready, they're like I've got this going for me, I've got this going for me. Why am I still single? Or why is there no one there for me? And like mm. maybe you're not waiting because you're not ready, mm. but maybe you're waiting because that person that's out there for you isn't ready. Yeah, and actually, it, it would be till even though you're in a good place, they might not be. Yeah, um, and that was you know a real kind of mindset change. Yeah, totally. Sorry, that was a little bit deeper. No, no, I, I love that. That was really, really great, and um, yeah, really struck a chord. I think so. So we obviously have established these lives, everything from food shopping and from you know uh, you know cheeses and things like that to relationships and you know cleanliness of houses and all that and having what you want when you want it and uh, sort of you know the limitations that you know perhaps uh, you know you initially want to kind of break down and maybe then actually realise are probably a good thing. So 
how and at what point in your lives, and maybe you could kind of tell us a, a little bit of a story of how maybe one of these lies in your life were kind of dismantled and kind of your perspective on things slightly changed. And if so, can you maybe like re- make reference to like how in in some way God was responsible for changing your perspective on that thing? And maybe you've already kind of touched on it, but if you could maybe go into a little bit more detail, that'd be great. Sophie, do you want to start? Thanks. Um, so... Um, I recently purchased my own house um, that took years. That wasn't easy. Um, I sacrificed a heck of a lot for it. Um, I'm really glad I did. But I think at the beginning of the journey of it, I was like, yes, this is going to be great. It's all going to go really well. Like the purchase of it is going to go really smooth. I'm going to have enough money. It's all going to be great. And lots of stuff happened. Um, having to pay out on my car because it broke and actually I really needed that to get to work and back to earn the money to save for a house. Um, the It didn't go so smoothly, like getting a mortgage. So um, I'm on my own and that really puts like banks and stuff off because I'm not a couple or I'm not buying with someone. So again, like to me that I'm saying to God, like I'm working really hard for this and now... I'm being told I can't do it because I'm single. That's another thing that goes against me because I'm on my own. But that's a lie that I'm telling myself and I told myself quite regularly. Um, eventually found um, advisors to help me, whatever, got the house. And like, yeah, it's been great. But there's been times where it's been really hard and you love it and you feel like, okay, I am actually an adult and I can't lie about it anymore to myself. But at the same time, there's stuff that happens where you feel lonely, where you love being on your own and enjoying what you've done, but you've got the element where you can't be so social or your friends are at different points in their lives and they're all doing different things and you're not there yet. So you've got all this stuff to enjoy, but then equally you've got the the other side of it where you're living a completely different life to everybody around you, which is what I believe God's like he's planned all this so why aren't I enjoying it as much so I think that's where the lies for me started to um become the truths of working out right what works for me and what does God want me to do with this how does God want me to use my house to help people to be a sanctuary for people to feel that people can just text me and turn up or just turn up because they need a space All those sorts of things is how I feel my house should be used and that sort of open door policy. But also that meant me having to come to some truths about myself, about how I coped with things and how I felt anxious about stuff that actually in my job where I feel like I know what I'm doing, where I feel like I'm okay at my job, where I feel like I succeed why don't I feel like that necessarily at home? So for me, it was like, right, what needs to change? What do I need to do differently? How do I need to think differently? And I compare myself a lot, like a lot to people. And yeah, that I'm not with anyone, that why aren't I, blah, blah, blah. And actually, I'm getting to a point where I'm in the right space. So I completely agree with what Josh said about it might be that actually the other person isn't quite there yet. And so I just need to 
do everything that God's putting in my path. I need to try and do it in the right way that is benefiting me. So the lies came out as I've decided to do things because I, I feel that they're the things that God's put in my path and I've had to choose where I go next with them. So I don't think he's necessarily like dismantled these lies for me, but he's helped put in situations in my life where I've had to work it out for myself, what happens next and the decision that I have to make with it. So they can be really hard and they, it can mean that I've made decisions that have hurt like my family or have upset my friends because it's maybe not what they envisioned, but I've had to put what I feel God's telling me first and I've had to put my mental health first and I've had to put where I'm at first because I feel like that's what God was putting in my path he was saying make these decisions now and it's going to benefit you in the long run so I firmly believe that yeah just because I was single didn't well I got the house so screw that mortgage advisor (laughs) just just saying I think their phrase was save until you're 30 and stay at home with your parents and you might get a house no I'm not waiting another six years yeah I've saved for two and a half why should I wait another six there's got to be someone Mm. there's there's a reason I'm doing this I also felt like I was going to explode if I lived at home anymore. But I <laughs> love my family. But there's, there comes a point where you get a taste of a bit of freedom, yeah. a bit of independence, and you feel like you need it back. Um, but, yeah, so God was it's been so apparent in this journey of me, like, not being able to deny I'm a grown-up anymore. But equally, when there's days where I still feel like a child or I'm struggling, so I feel quiet and lonely and actually not sure where to go next he's putting the opportunities there it's just for me to take them and I've had to work out what taking them looks like and what leaving them alone looks like too that's fantastic thank you so much for sharing all that that was wonderful and I think we'll just come back to that in a moment because I'd love to hear what you're kind of like condensing it down into like one little point of like advice um, that I've you got could three give. Points of advice, three points, so even that would be those. fantastic. Um, because I think you've you've touched on so many great things there, and I'd love to hear what Josh has to say as well. So, have you got like a personal experience where you felt that a lie of adulthood has been dismantled, or in some way God has kind of, you know, changed your perspective and maybe shone some truth into a situation? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's just important to note as well. Like the reason we picked this panel is because um, me and Sophie are at very different stages. Um, you've got your own house. I'm 26 and still live with my mum. And actually, you know, what we're trying to say here is that we're, we're both perfectly fine where we are. Um, and it doesn't mean that one of us is better than the other. Um, we just have different stories. And that's, that's brilliant. Um, but the story for me is, so since I was about probably like 11 years old, I knew that I wanted to be a youth worker um, and spent many years trying to uh, get there trying to um, do stuff applying for jobs and being turned down on numerous occasions um, eventually going to uni because I was just like I just have to get a degree um, and that ended reasonably badly during the third year um, in quite a, a bad place personally um, but also just not putting the effort into the course that I should have done um, and ended up coming home and I think that year was one of the hardest of my life because there was that feeling of one I probably could have put more effort in um, but also too, like I felt like what I'd been aiming towards my whole life wasn't happening. Um, and I felt like I didn't have any value or no one respected me because I wasn't in the job that I wanted. I wasn't in that 
um, role as a paid youth worker. So I felt like I had no value. Um, and that was something that God really had to work through me in that kind of year um, of just sort of really sitting there and kind of going, well, why isn't it happening? Uh, and doing nothing about it. Um, and basically what, what happened was over that year, God really worked through a number of people in my life um, through that kind of like, actually, you have value without that. Um, and you, people respect you without that. Like the gifts I've given you that make you a good youth worker, are, you still have those gifts even when you're not using them in youth work. Um, and that took a really long time to get through, um, sort of a year and a half really, until I got to the point where I sort of had this, it felt like an immediate realisation, but actually it was a year and a half's work. Um, but it was just, there was one day where I suddenly realised how far I'd come, but I was like, you know what, I'm totally happy where I am. I was working 4am shifts at Waitrose um, and doing evening stuff four or five times a week where I was out past midnight and then getting up at 4am. So actually it was really tough um, because I didn't want to lose that commitments I'd made in the evenings to like friends and social things and all sorts. Um, but actually I was really happy where I was and I felt like I was respected um, and I felt like I had value in that time, even though I was just working a job that I didn't really like. Um, and interestingly, uh, so I'm, I'm a youth worker now, um, and it was a matter of months after I had this realisation of I'm, I'm happy if I don't become a youth worker. Um, and it was, you know, a matter of months after that that the job came along and I ended up becoming a youth worker. And actually it's put me in a much better place now to do that job um, because I wasn't reliant on the job for my happiness. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, both of you, for sharing all that. That is just really, really insightful. And I think um, it speaks volumes as well just um, to the depths of your, your faith, both of you individually, that you've kind of been through some, you know, tough times personally, and then actually you've got to where you, you know, sort of wanted to be, but at a, at a sort of time which was right for both of you each individually. So uh, in terms of advice then, uh, if somebody's in a similar situation, if somebody's, you know, um, looking to buy their first home, um, or, you know, if, for example, somebody is, you know, currently in a job that they're not really enjoying and, you know, they thought, how did I get here and why am I not doing the job that I've always wanted to do? And um, what would you say to these people? What would you say to people in the room, you know, if they were kind of going through that? So three pieces of advice doesn't have to necessarily be three. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be spiritual mm-hmm. and practical. Uh, it can be one or the other or both. It's up to you. So my three are, so the first one is to prioritise. So what is important for you, just you and your life right now? What, so what, what do you want? What do you, what do you need right now how much are you willing to sacrifice so what I mean by that is uh, I don't mean that necessarily your social life but it could be actually your expenditure so I wanted to move out so I stayed and lived at home I paid rent to my parents my phone bill and I put fuel in my car and paid my car bills that was it everything else went into a savings pot and I did not touch it I had to be so harsh on myself even if I wanted something nice new and shiny because having that house having a space whatever it turned out to be was more important so prioritize and the second one is to be careful with your time so a work-life balance is really important and I learned it the hard way because I'm not very good at that and so juggling work social life mixed with having a faith is actually really hard because as Christians, we're encouraged to serve. 
and to serve lots, which is great if it doesn't negatively affect your faith. So I am a yes person um, and I said yes to way too much. And I essentially had an empty cup. I was giving more than receiving and I was empty. I was delivering stuff to young people that I didn't believe and I didn't have any oomph and love in what I was saying. And I can't do that. I cannot speak into the lives of young people with something so important if I don't believe it for myself. Um, so be careful with your time because your time is precious. Um, and the third one, which actually to me is the most important, and this goes back to, again, like what Josh said, that we're both at really different places, but we're both really happy where we are and we're, we're doing stuff differently. So stop comparing. You're not where everyone else is. You're either, when you look at them, ahead of them or behind them, but actually you're on a completely different track. So your life cannot be compared to other people's. You're running your own race and God has put you on that race by yourself for a reason. So you have to trust God with where he's taking you and the opportunities he's put in your way. So that comes into relationships, children, house, job, friends, everything you're doing right now is where God planned you to be. Um, so I had to take the opportunities in front of me um, I would encourage you to try and do the same. Work hard, but live your life with faith at the heart because I firmly believe that if you do that, everything else will just fall into place and will end up where it's meant to. It's just going to be at different times. So um, the two people that I constantly compare myself to is my parents because at my age, they were already married for like two, three years, had me. I am nowhere near that, that's for sure. So that's really hard because I really admire them, but I can't compare myself to that because times are really different then and times are also really different now and people do things differently and life moves differently. So, yeah, the biggest thing out of those three is to stop comparing yourself because you're doing great just as you are. Um, that's great. Thank you. That's really powerful. So I love the... I love, yeah, the idea about prioritizing when we seem to have so much to do in so little time. And then on that note, time, actually realizing that how precious time is. Um, and then, yeah, absolutely don't compare. I think that is just so spot on um, because it becomes so easy to compare yourself constantly every day. And that just does nothing for your self-esteem and nothing for your sense of where you're at in terms of your own life and, and why that's important for you personally to be present in your life and to be in, um, in, in, you know, in control of that. Josh, what are your three um, points? Yeah, uh, three bits of advice. First one, um, it's not something we really touched on already tonight, but I thought it was an important piece of advice to call, mention is independence doesn't mean isolation. And I think that's a key one. Like you're trying to be independent. So you try and do everything by yourself. And actually, I think for me, true independence is when you realize by yourself that you need people. Um, and that you choose to go and find people rather than people going, okay, I'm going to come and give you help because you're, you're burning yourself out kind of thing. Um, so just, that's a, a key one that I wanted to kind of just um, throw in there. Um, the second one is invest in relationships that build you up. It's quite a cliche kind of thing to say, but actually, like, um, for me, it's my family. Um, my whole, I'd absolutely love them. For you, it may not be that. It's, it's trying to, you know... It's going to sound a very like fast and furious talking about your family and all of that, but um, find out who your family is. It may not be your blood family, but it's those people that are really close to you and that build you up, even when you're just sat in a pub having a pint or sat in Costa having a drink. 
um, invest in those relationships. Um, and then finally, uh, this came about because of a conversation I had with my older brother recently. He's just turned 30 um, and he was getting a bit down because he was like, I have not done any of the goals that I set myself when I was 15 for when I was 30. And I was like, but Tim, you set them when you were 15. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and it's that actually life changes. And as you grow up, you, you learn more about life. Um, and actually the goals you set yourself, you can recognise that you're like, they were pr- probably a bit far-fetched. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, a changing goals is growing up, not admitting defeat. Um, and I think that's really key. Um, and part of that is, like, you can be happy and you can be successful without having anything that you wanted when you were younger. Um, like, if you go back far enough, I wanted to be a policeman. Like, I'm not a policeman. But that changed because the, as I grew up, what I knew about the world changed, what I knew about myself changed. And I'm not, I never look back and go, oh, I'm really sad because I'm not a policeman. Yeah. I'm going, actually, I'm happy that I've changed and I'm happy where I am now. Yeah. And I think that's so key because we get bogged down by like, oh, that thing that I wanted when I was 11 years old hasn't happened. Yeah. You're like, well, yeah, that's because it's like so far-fetched. It was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much, both of you. That was just wonderful. Can we have a round of applause again? I just think that was so good. Yeah, so many lies dismantled and smashed this evening. And yeah, it's just so many great truths as well. And I just love, yeah, the passion with which both of you spoke. And um, I really hope people find that really useful, actually. Because um, whilst I was listening to both of you, I was just thinking, yeah, why am I not doing that? That's great. Um, so I'm going to start living some of those truths out straight away. And I'm not just saying that, seriously. It's, um, you know, as, as we begin a new year, I think it's really important to kind of try and get some clarity about where you're at in life and then also think about how you could actually make some positive changes. You know, change is good. Yeah.